1: June 24th, the year 2022, wherever you are, whoever you're with, thank you so much for including us for the next two hours of the day. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also in Lake Charles on 1041 we are streaming 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Cadiana area, we're also on television as we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber.
0: Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines.
1: Pelicans at number eight pick up Dyson Daniels. Everyone raves about him. Length, defensive prowess, needs to work on his shot, but a good fit. Everybody really raved and went crazy over the second round pick of the New Orleans Pelicans. E.J. Liddell, 6'7", 240 from Ohio State University, where he averaged 19 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 blocks per game, a consensus third-team All-American, first-team All-Big Ten, and Big Ten All-Defensive honors. He led the Buckeyes in scoring, rebounding, blocks, free throws attempted, free throws made, and was second in assists. I believe, the steal of the draft. I think he's going to be a long, long, you know who he reminds me of? The longtime former Louisiana Tech player um, who has milled around in the NBA for a while here and there. Uh, He's played for a bunch of teams. How about Paul Millsap? Reminds me so much of Paul Millsap. And then after that, uh, later on in the second round, uh, they picked Carlo Matkovic with the 52nd overall pick in the NBA draft, 6'11", 231. Uh, He's going to be one of those projects, but he brings great athleticism, great size. Um, I've seen some clips of him. Looks pretty darn good. They're comparing him as the Croatian Blake Griffin. How about that? And of course, it all starts with uh, Dyson Daniels, the number one overall pick. I believe, I believe he is a better and more complete Ben Simmons. That's what he plays like. Tall point guard, good on the defensive end, but a much better around the bucket score. Needs to work on his outside shot, but he's a much better offensive player than ben simmons ever was and if you look at all the draft knowledge and all the people that do this for a living each and everyone have given the pelicans an a plus grade so we shall see we shall see um we'll talk about the nba draft and uh the pelicans in particular with chris connor coming up uh in just a moment word on the street is that alvin kamara is expecting a minimum of, of a six game suspension Um, and the Pelicans locked up another year with Demario Davis at the linebacker position. We'll talk with Larry Holder of the athletic about that in this hour. They're down to two teams in the college world series, the Oklahoma Sooners and the hotty toddy gosh almighty Ole Miss rebels we will head out to Omaha parish Alford covers the rebels, um, for the Tupelo Daily Journal, we'll get his thoughts on what turned this thing around. Man, they they went from, from the number one team in the country to out of it. Fire the coach to being the last team, <laughs> last team invited to the show. And now they're playing for the College World Series. It gets underway tomorrow. The best two out of three. Uh Kim Mulkey just keeps on keeping on, doesn't she? She goes, keeps on keeping on. Um, the number one recruit in the country, Michaela Williams, uh, has been called a generational women's basketball talent. Generational. Kind of Simone Augustus-like. Well, uh, in announcement today, Williams, the number one ranked prospect for the 2022-23 recruiting cycle, went public with her commitment to the LSU Tigers. If she signs in November, as expected, the Bozier City... Parkway star will be the first number one player to do so since Simone Augustins went from Capitol high in Baton Rouge to LSU back in 2002. She was recruited by South Carolina, Connecticut, Texas, Louisville, Baylor, and so many more, but she wanted to stay home. She wanted to play for arguably the best coach in the country. Kim Mulkey, she's a six foot one guard, ranked as the number one prospect on Hoop Girls 100, the only junior among the five finalists for this year's Naismith National High School Girls Player of the Year. Yeah, boy. She averaged 23 points, eight rebounds, four assists, two steals per game. So Kim Mulkey keeps on keeping on, named the Louisiana Gatorade Player of the Year, the Louisiana Sports Writers Association Class 5A. MVP. So or oh, you got to be excited about that. Got to be excited. Absolutely. Um football commitment. Tigers landed one from Texas wide receiver Kyle Parker who picked LSU over offers from Arkansas, Mississippi State, Penn State, Texas, Louisville and others. He's at Lucas Lovejoy High School. Um 775 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns, added 403 punt return yards, and two return scores for touchdowns in 2021. Now, his pledge gives LSU six commitments for the class of 2023. Uh, The Astros got beat by the Yankees yesterday, mainly because of the bat of one Aaron Judge. Well, Judge and the Yankees avoided an arbitration hearing today By agreeing to a 19 million one year contract, a deal that leaves the judge on track to become a free agent after the World Series. They were unable to agree upon a long term deal in talks that ended on opening day. The side split the difference between the proposed arbitration figures they exchanged back on March 22nd 21 million by judge, 17 million by the Yankees. Oh, by the way, uh, the outfielders only batting 304 with a major league leading 27 homers and 53 ribbies in 68 games on track for his fourth all-star selection in seven big league seasons. Um, he hit the game winning single last night in a seven to six come from behind victory over the, over the defending AL champion, Houston Astros. So, um, Stay tuned for more of that. Aaron Judge is a superstar, without question, without doubt. Yes, indeed. Um, Game five, the Lightning versus the Colorado Avalanche. Um, No tomorrow for the Lightning as they trail three games to one. Game five in Denver. Hmm. Mm, good luck on that one. Avalanche uh, looking to close things out. Back to the NBA draft. Big surprise at number one. Everybody thought it was going to be Jabari Smith from uh, uh, Auburn, but it wasn't. It was Paolo Banchero, power forward from Duke, followed by Chet Holmgren, the seven-footer from Gonzaga. And Jabari Smith Jr. goes to the Houston Rockets at number three. Is this going to be that draft where Kima Lajwan went number one to Houston and then the big seven footer Sam Bowie from Kentucky went number two to Portland and Michael Jordan went number three to Chicago? Well, Jabari Smith has the capabilities. He might be the rookie of the year, but only time will tell. Time will tell. Um, Let's see. Let's see. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes, like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou, about a $50 gift certificate to the Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse, at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. All right. Here's our guest list once again. We'll talk Pelicans NBA draft with Chris Conner, followed by Larry Holder of The Athletic. All the latest on the Saints, Alvin Kamara. He expects a big-time suspension, so we'll deal with that. Parrish Alford will kick off our number two, talking about the College World Series, Ole Miss versus Oklahoma. Game one on Saturday. George Faust, the sports director for KLFY, joins us uh, for another edition of Fridays with Faust, all things in Acadiana. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will banter back and forth. I'll throw a bunch of questions out there. We'll, um, We'll get some debate going on and have some fun with that. We'll close things out with some birthday wishes, and then we'll be gone for the weekend. So sit back relax. We're here for two hours. This is the Jordy Hultberg show. And we are on the game. One Oh three, seven Lafayette, one Oh four, one Lake Charles, your home for the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana.
0: They say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip and a man who's hip when he shoots. And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the blonde bomber. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg show on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: All right, 16 minutes after the hour, I firmly believe the Pelicans got better. I like their draft picks. I wanted to get uh, the impatient Bulls' uh, thoughts on it. And I want to ask why he came up with that uh, Twitter handle. My buddy Chris Connor from uh, Brute Crew Media. Um, Big Hoops guy, Big Pels guy. Chris, why
2: the impatient bull, big guy? What's up with that? Uh, Well, I don't have blonde hair, and the blonde bomber was obviously taken. So I had to pick (laughs) something at the last minute. I'm a Taurus. I'm kind of, at the time, I was a very impatient individual. (laughs) Taurus, bull, zodiac sign. I just ran with it, man. What's up, What's What's (laughs) going on with you, Jordy?
1: I love it. I love it. Do you believe that the pelicans got better last night?
2: better i you know it's it's hard to say, but more talented on paper um, better better in 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 the program in the you know the uh just the mindset of of you believing that they're building some level of consistency with their program, their setup, yeah. I mean, I you know, I think you have to say. Um, I mean, when when we talked a few weeks ago, and we talked when you know we mentioned you know players that we like. Dyson Danger was a guy that I liked. So yeah. I mean, it's it's it's, it's kind of awesome to see that you know a lot of the fans, a lot of the you know the people that in the media around the team were all sharing and seeing the same vision. It all made sense. And, you know, I mean, you know, that's good, man. It's good sometimes to be in a situation where the team is already talented. They're already, you know, coming off a very exciting season. The the anticipation is going to be crazy about how good this team can do. And then you have a night like yesterday where, again, they knock it out the park. Um, and the some really good players just fell into their laps where it was a lot of easy calls that were made. Um mm-hmm. But they all make sense, and they're all, I think, individuals that you can get excited about for the most part. So um, right. I think from a perspective,
1: if it's an overreaction, an underreaction, or if I'm just crazy, uh, Dyson Daniels, a better and more complete player than Ben Simmons.
2: Oh, that's, oh, that's you. You're absolutely crazy, Jordan. <laughs> and I love, I love, I love what Dyson Daniels is, but I, you know, um, listen, I, I have my, I have my issues with Ben Simmons, um, you know, but I, you know, I think, you know, we're talking about somebody that, you know, when he's right, even, even without a jump shot was giving you or was a triple-double threat every single night, I'm not here to tell you Dyson will or won't be that guy. But okay. you know, Ben Ben came in. For example, even though he set out the first year, he came in right away with an imposing NBA body, at a, with a unique skill set, being able to dribble, being able to dribble and create again without a jump shot, without being able to shoot. Right. Uh, you know, he wasn't a good free throw shooter, and he's a hell of a defender. You know, he's a hell of a defender. Dyson has a lot. Of, I could see the comparison. That's not the first time that I've heard someone kind of compare those two. Okay. Uh, throughout you know in the last few days, so I see similar similarities between dyson, Ben, and a lot of other guys, but um you know Ben Simmons was a rookie of the year as as much as I like Dyson, I don't think he's that level of guy, but if I'm wrong okay. um man let's make let's make reservations for June. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Well,
1: they're both considered defensive players. They're both big guards. They both like to distribute the ball more than score. So that was kind of the comparison I was making. Is Dyson Daniels more along the line of a Lonzo Ball type player?
2: I, I mean, I, I see I see all those characters, man. I see, you know, uh, you know, my guy Chaz and uh you know and five that I rock with in uh with uh surrounding Buku media. they both brought up Kyle Anderson. I mean it's a you know, you if you mention, you know, a big, big guard, someone who can who can handle the ball, someone who does a little bit of everything, okay. but can also defend, and you know the the improvement is 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 mainly, you know, it's targeted at at his jump shot. I can okay. I can see it, but I think Dyson doesn't get enough credit for the type of athlete that you know that he is, and you know his maturity coming in day one. Um, I, I, I mean yes, but I, I don't think Lonzo is a bad, uh, you know, a okay. bad comparison. That was the first person that I saw, but you know, we'll see.
1: All right, um, Chris Connor, kind enough to join us at number forty-one. I think I think one of the steals of the draft, E.J. Liddell out of Ohio Ohio State. He reminds me of a guy that came out of Louisiana Tech has been in the league forever, and he
2: reminds me of Paul. Millsap. Am I nuts? No. No, you are not. No, you are not. And, you know, and and, and the thing is with the way that the game has changed uh, in a, you know, in a lot of respects, you know, Paul wasn't a guy, you know, once he got older, he started to shoot the three a little bit more. But if you remember Paul, you know, you know, he shot mid-range shots a lot earlier in his career, back to the basket, uh, really good rebounder and underrated defender. Well, EJ comes in, and as you mentioned, a steal, right? But he comes in NBA-ready body, physical presence, hell of a defender, um, solid, solid three-point shooter at the at the college level, um, and another individual who, who who gives you flexibility with lineups and with your roster um, because I, you know, I think he's ready. He's a, he's another guy that I think would be ready to contribute if they need it. His mind is there, and you can just He's another guy that, that they're going to bring in, and they're not going to ask him to do anything more than what he's good at. And that's how you get the best of out, out of some of these young talents. Do what you're good at. Let's put you in the best in the best ability to not have to overextend yourself. And they can do that now with some of the talents that they have here. Is going to be able to do whatever whatever someone else is weak at. That someone else on the roster that's good at it. You just got to find and see who messes with each other lineups, rotations, wise. But Liddell, man. I mean, you know, he's one of those guys he, he may have been the steal of the draft. And that's saying a is. lot that, you know, you are able to get Dyson Daniels on one pick who you already wanted, and then you arguably get a guy who you didn't even work out because you thought there's no way he would be there for you at forty one.
1: I, I agree. Uh Carlo Matkovich, a big uh a big guy that played at Mega Mozart. Um and is this is this a pro- I've seen tapes of him. He's he's very he's big, he's got length. He's very athletic, uh, but it's hard to crack this roster, isn't it?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I, I you know I think right away that's a guy you know who you know who you look at as a draft and stash uh, someone that I'm sure Trajan Langdon you know and uh, you know and Bryson have been have been keeping their eyes on and you know we you know we'll be talking more about him you know a couple years down the line, but based off of what you see workouts alone, I mean. The athleticism jumps off the page, um, you know, and you you know you see a guy that may, uh, you know, in two years, will he be able to, you know, what kind of shooter will he, you know, will he prove to you to be at this level, at that size, what would he, what would his body turn into? It's a project and it's a roll of, you know, what I mean, and if you can roll the dice on something like that, with the talent that you already have at that position. You don't have to see him for a year or two. I mean, yeah. why not? But, but the measurables and the athleticism at that size jump off the page immediately when you watch him.
1: Yeah, uh, he's big. He's big, and you, it's hard to coach size, man. But um, on a two-way deal, and this is a this might be a sneaky one as well. Darian Sebron of NC State, six six, with a six nine wingspan, very athletic. Uh, A relentless attacker, fearless finisher. Uh, He can create off the dribble. Um, He's got hops. He he just hadn't been the most uh, effective shooter um, as far as percentage is concerned. But as far as an athlete, right? Uh, Darian Sebron, pretty darn good out of uh, the Wolfpack of NC
3: State.
2: Jordy, I I, I mean, he is crazy. I don't know. He's one of those guys, I mean, at work, he's just exciting to just watch. I mean, he also gives me a lot of anxiety because it's like a 90, it's like a, you know, you know, a car on the expressway going 90 miles per hour, going lane to lane, you know, in a 55 or or in a 60, you know, I don't know. I mean, you you know, when you watch him, when you put him on film, he's moving so fast and he has so much explosiveness. Um, off of one leg, off of two legs, or, or when he gets a full head of steam, you don't know if a charge is coming, or you don't know if, if he's about to dunk on somebody. But I mean, I, look, I don't, I don't know if they'll have room, if they'll have room for him. I don't know, you know, if you'll see him. How that situation will work, but I mean, again, talent. You know what I mean? Just, this stop. Yep. We're you're in a situation finally with this with this franchise to where, you know, it's you have. An influx of talent. You have too. You could argue, You have too much talent. You just got to find the pieces. You know the pieces to work. The development. The uh the system is there in regards to development. They have a plan. Um and where you can roll. You can roll the dice on someone that may not have have it all figured out. If you just see the talent because of what you already have there and the you know the amount of flexibility and the you know the overall skill set that you have from specialists to athletes to superstar talent. They can do it all, man. I mean, but I mean, LeBron's fun to watch, though. I mean, you watch him and he flies. He's flying in the open court. I mean, if somebody at worst in Summer League, he's going to yeah. be fun. And I guarantee you, he's going to give you a highlight or two to where you're like, man, keep an eye on that dude.
1: Exactly. I'm with you. Um, <laughs> Chris Connor, uh, the impatient bull, uh, joining us. Uh, here's the deal now uh, Pels have one roster spot available, and that's going to be Dyson Daniels. So now, What's the plan for EJ Liddell? He, uh, they're going to have to create a spot for him. I wonder if this is the end of the road for one Garrett Temple. I wonder if there's a trade coming about here somewhere. I, uh, it uh, free agency's right around the corner. We'll we'll see what happens. But the the Pels are certainly not done, are they? Not done at all.
2: No, no. I mean, I, I think I think getting grabbing a guy like EJ. Um, you know, I mean, and you know, and look, they're gonna, they're gonna make if certain individuals make improvements. You know, it doesn't mean that EJ, you know, that that you can um, completely say that EJ will be on this team for years to come. But when a talent like that and a and a dude that I think is is ready almost out the gate to to contribute. Um, you know, in the right setup, even if it's for a few minutes a game. In, to, in today's current setup in the NBA, with the type of guys he would be playing with if needed. Um, at worst, I mean, if he's in Birmingham or whatever the, whatever the case may be, you know, it allows you to, you know, you're going you to have to make room for that guy one way or another. And I think he's going to play his way into making you, the, the, forcing you to have to um, make a decision one way or another. Could be Garrett Temple. You. But you look at guys like, you know, you know, Kyra Lewis, look at guys like Jackson Hayes, Devontae Graham, you know, individuals to where their future and their present you know, kind of, you know, it's up in the air There's there's, there's more questions than answers with the individuals hey, yeah. that they're bringing in. They just gives you things that fit this current setup right away. And a guy like Liddell gives you insurance on a lot of different individuals, different lineups, plays bigger than his size, um, you know, I mean, you have to wonder. Jackson Hayes in a contract year, the year Devontae Graham had, and what they, what they, you know, the emergence of Jose Alvarado, and um, just you know the size and the investments you have in Dyson Daniels. You know, for example, what happens with them? When will, yeah. when will Kyra Lewis get back on the floor and be healthy enough to even show what he can do? That's you know, I mean, it's just it's going to be a tough situation, and I'm, you know, I'm with you. I think that they are going to they're going to make a move because guys like EJ Liddell are going to show you out the gate. You got to find a way. At worst, to have him on your roster, even if he doesn't end up playing minutes, which you know we'll you know we'll have to see. But after last year, with the way that Herb Jones, you know, on a much uh, a team that's is, is nowhere close as talented as this one is, but you know, you know Willie Green, if you go out there and you defend, you play hard, you make the right moves, you yeah. know, there's. You have an opportunity to play.
1: I trust. Him. I'll tell you right here, right now. I will make the bet today. EJ Liddell not only will make the team, but he's going to get minutes. He's going to, and his minutes are going to increase as the year goes on. I just think he's. I think he's the steal of the draft. I think he's going to be uh, the next big thing that the the Pels shocked everybody with, like they did in the second round with Herb Jones last year. I really, really believe that. And again, I think the key to the whole season. Besides the health of Zion is the the leap from year one to year two of what Trey Murphy brings to the table. If he can become that consistent knockdown shooter that we all think he's going to be, um look out. Look out, my friend.
2: I right, no, no, I agree. You know, and and again, you know, EJ EJ brings added competition, right? He keeps he's gonna keep yeah you get a talent like that in a second round that you, that you weren't supposed to have a first round, another first round talent, you know, I mean, it, it, it everybody's going to have to be ready to contribute. You know I mean? Guys are going right. to, you know, it's going to be some fighting for minutes. Nobody, nothing is going to be handed to you. And, you know, that's what's really, really interesting. And yes. Um, and that's why I mentioned what EJ, while I'm with you, I think, I think that he is going to play at some point this year, um, but I look at the insurance. If Zion has to miss, a, you know, has to miss right. time. If Zion isn't isn't available, or you know, let's say you know Trey Murphy start, you know, doesn't doesn't come out to the, uh, doesn't come out to play the way that I think we all believe that he will. Or if Larry Nance goes down with an injury, right. it just you know, I mean, it just it, it allows so you, you can do so much with a guy like that. Plays bigger than six seven. So you know, if if that means that you're playing some you know some roles with him at the center or if you're playing with them in small yeah. forward. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, power forward. You look That's at all so the different, the, the combination of six, seven, six, eight, six, six guys they have on this team, you know, and, and beyond, you're going to have enough flexibility to put a lot of smart, intelligent, athletic, long-rangey players all on the floor together on a team that has enough veterans. You know, it's, it's T.J. McCollum, you know, Brandon Ingram continuing to mature, Larry Nance, um, I mean they are they they're putting together the right the right setup man and it's 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 gonna be fun to watch.
1: I'm with you. Can't wait. Chris Connor, uh thank you so much, man. Have a have a great weekend, my friend. Always fun
2: talking hoops with you. As always, Jordy, man, stay uh, cool out there to the best of your ability. You got it, possible, brother. brother.
1: I, I am not an impatient bull by any stretch of the imagination. Thank you, my friend. Rescue Fest is Saturday at Park International. It's a day of live music. Featuring the Sarah Russo Band, Jet 7, Layla Laverne, Hunter Corville, and Cam Nelson. There'll be plenty of food, games, even a raffle. Rescue Fest is a fundraiser for the Rescue Group of Acadiana, a group that provides financial and emotional assistance to grieving families of child loss. To buy tickets, go to Eventbrite or by visiting rescuegroup.org. Larry Holder, The Athletic, the latest on the New Orleans Saints after this time out on the Jordy Heldberg Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. <music> right, we are back 37 minutes after the hour welcoming our Friday guest uh, from the Athletic, the one, the only, Mr. Larry Holder. Larry, what's happening, buddy? I'm good, Jordy. How are you today? I'm good. I thought the Pelicans did a pretty good job last night. I think they got a little bit better. I like what they did. And uh, I like that the Saints took care of DeMario Davis a little bit, didn't they? Yeah,
4: and uh, that's something that I'm sure uh, DeMario was wondering if that was going to happen. Look, you know, he's he's getting up in age, uh, but still, obviously, to me, one of the, uh, not better, one of the best linebackers in the NFL. And it's funny when, Jordy, when we go back kind of and look at these Uh, you know, free agency and how the Saints have done throughout the years. And, of course, everyone's going to talk about, well, Drew Brees is arguably the greatest free agent pickup in the history of the NFL. I think there's probably only uh, one, uh, Well, you know, maybe someone might argue Tom Brady, but uh, uh, I think Reggie White's probably the only other one who would stand up for Drew Brees. But but in terms of the Saints as a franchise, uh, I feel like that Demario Davis is one of the best free agent pickups they've had outside of Drew Brees and uh, that's saying something because they've actually done pretty well uh these last few years.
1: Uh, yeah. He's got some incentive uh, laden. Uh, his salary drops a little bit, but he's got all kinds of very attainable incentives. Um, I, I, I think, um, yeah, he's really good. He's, he's really part of the, 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 the you know, the, the centerpiece of that defense. He makes it kind of all work and his energy and all that. I love it. Um, According to a report from Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, uh, Alvin Kamara is going to be bracing for a suspension longer than six games. What, 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 what's your reaction to that?
4: I'd be surprised if it was longer than six games. Uh, you know, so I, I was kind of bracing myself for at least a month. Uh, okay. And then, uh, you know, six games uh, would probably be the max. So I'm, I'm a little surprised that he's it, saying it's longer than that. Uh, you know, maybe. The NFL is trying to crack down. I, I don't know, but the, the fact that there's video, I think that obviously hurts Alvin Kamara mm. in the situation. Uh, oh, he, he, him, and his, uh, uh, I don't know, if his friends or you know companions or whatever you want to call them, uh, in terms of a uh, uh, of who they were, but still, uh, look, they got caught on video, and that's uh, that's basically going to uh, in yeah. term in the NFL light you're you're done uh you're going to get suspended and so i think that uh i thought six games would be the max so i I'd, i i'd still be surprised if it was more than that honestly if it was uh okay. and uh, you know I, I feel like six games would go along with the way that the nfl handles things uh i'd be surprised if it was more so i'm I'm a little surprised to to kind of hear that report
1: there's never a good time for a suspension but wouldn't the suspension benefit the saints if it was like from game one to game four or six, rather than letting him play five games and then being suspended in the middle of the season. Is there such a thing as a good time for a suspension?
4: Well, the way the same schedule is laid out. Yes, that would be the most optimal time uh, because I feel like this, the the schedule starting week six uh, with the Bengals. And then you go through the rest of it uh, in that it's almost like an eight game span where it's, it's going to be tough sledding and, Uh, Well, And and so then you're leading up to the bye week. So I I feel like that if you are trying to map it out for the Saints, you would want it to start in week one. And then here's the thing. You would go into the offseason knowing it and preparing for it. But, look, the NFL, (laughs) and and people always say the NFL doesn't do the Saints any favors. Look, the NFL doesn't do a lot of teams' favors when it comes to this stuff. But still, they move at their own pace. And uh, the fact that the legal part is still – we haven't even really touched it. Uh, it's it, maybe they'll touch it when they have an August hearing, uh, but still, they haven't. The legal process hasn't even been touched. So the NFL is not going to do anything until that is over, and then then you'll have it. So you're kind of basically living on the the, the courts and when do they have proceedings, and if someone settles, and this, that, and the other, and so it's basically limbo jordy i mean yeah. you know we you, you can't you can't have oh this would be great but guess what well that's the same thing too with Deshaun watson they're trying to negotiate his yeah. discipline uh i'm sure the nfl wants to uh, lay down the law on him and he's trying not it yeah so it's uh, they've they've got a few cases on their docket in the nfl
1: Ooh, who gets suspended first kamara or watson
4: that's hard to say uh yeah. just because uh I pro- I would maybe say Watson, but because there are no criminal proceedings that they're waiting on,
5: uh, yeah.
4: twenty of his twenty-four cases have been settled. That leaves four, and maybe would have some <laughs> others file. I, I knew uh, I know that there was uh, supposed to be maybe two more that would file, but that hasn't happened. Uh, but I, the fact that Watson is not facing criminal. And it's civil suit. Maybe the NFL feels like it can move faster with that. Uh, but, like, uh, but yeah, I, it, for Kamara, it's it's the criminal part. Like, it's who knows how long it it, it might take. I mean, he come, it could push in midway through the season. I, I just don't know how it's going to work.
1: Yeah, um, golly, I don't know. Um where, where does, amongst his peers, where does Mickey Loomis? rate as far as GMs in this league are concerned. He's a very unassuming guy. He doesn't like the, the spotlight, but year in, year out, um, dealing with the salary cap and the draft and everything, he's got to be up there near the top, doesn't he? Among his peers,
4: I'd say yes. I would say outside of his peers and say media, that he definitely doesn't get the same credit because right. so much of the media looks at it that 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 he has placed the Saints in cap hell a million times and yet they're never the only time they ran into trouble was when COVID hit and the salary cap took a dip and right. that was that's that's what stopped them because if it wouldn't have been stopped they would have just kept doing their thing and kicking the can down the line and and getting the players that they want and doing this, that, and the other. So, you know, I feel like that over the years, uh, if you remember, when Mickey was tapped as the GM for the Saints, everyone thought of him as just a money guy. And, of course, he's very shrewd with the dollars and cents. I do feel like that he has improved as a talent evaluator and as someone who can, say, manage a head coach. And yes. there was a lot of managing he has to do with Sean Payton, and because Sean Payton is such an alpha and such blah, 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 like always, you know, going hundred miles an hour, and yeah. uh, you know, just and so I think it, it it takes someone like Mickey a little bit more mild mannered to manage someone like like Sean. So it, it, then you look at it in the sense of well, Mickey's also groomed to. NFL GMs, one is no longer a GM with Ryan Pace, but he groomed Terry Fontenot, and he's a GM. Yeah. And so I think that that's identifying people that work well around you. Jeff Ireland, obviously, he identified him to work well around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you think back to his uh, first cap guru is Russ Ball, and he's been a, a big-time executive with the Packers for a long, long time and very well respected. Yeah. And then Kai Harley, the people that yeah. the person that really – no one knows, but he look. He's he is a big, big cap guru. And the yeah, fact right. that Mickey was able to identify him uh, it was it, crucial for this team. So I, I think that – and then you do the divide between the coach and, and ownership and the team president. I mean, look, I could tell you, uh, at, at talking with Tom Benson a few years ago, uh, I was doing something on uh, the history of, of the Saints. I think it was leading up to maybe the 50th year or something like that. Yeah. And then I said, "What's what was the most important decision you made in the history of, of owning this team?" And without hesitation, he said, "Hiring Mickey Loomis." So it just goes to show you how valued he is within the franchise. And I think he, uh, yeah, he, I think he's a little undervalued out of the uh,
1: Jim Finks, Mickey Loomis—that's that's two pretty good ones to have in your organization, but certainly you know, you got to get the right players, players uh, elevate your status. And the saints have become one of those franchises that year in, year out uh, people respect and they think they're going to do well.
4: Oh, absolutely. And uh, it, look, you wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about Mickey in these terms before yeah. say, uh, well, he also was a driver to hire Sean Payton. Yeah. A driver to go get Drew Brees. You know, so this, you know, these, these decisions, I mean, they add up and, uh, you know, there's a reason why he is. Uh, I don't, he's I don't, he's not the longest tenured GM, but he is one of the most longest tenured. Uh, I, because technically, Jerry Jones is the GM, so Jerry Jones has been around yeah, before right. Mickey Loomis. But he is. I mean, he's right up there to being one of the longest tenured in the NFL, and he's not going anywhere. I mean, he, look, like, he'll be there. Uh, I don't know how long. Like he he might be there for another 15 years for all I know. I mean, I agree. Why would you get rid of him?
1: Unless he wants to retire. I don't know what kind of income, uh, Mickey Loomis makes, but I would hope it's, it's pretty darn good.
4: Oh yeah. I mean, he's, he is, uh, here's the thing. It's funny. You know, people over the years have asked me, you know, who would be out first, Mickey Loomis or Sean Payton. And I would have said Sean Payton.
0: Like, yes, because
4: uh, yeah, I, they, yeah, Mickey is in the brain trust. And Mickey, Mickey Loomis in the pecking order in terms of the way ownership and uh, looked at it, they, Mickey Loomis was always safer than Sean Payton.
1: No doubt. No question. Um, Larry Holder uh, of the athletic. You mentioned Jerry Jones. Has has there been a quarterback? And I, I, I have nothing against Dak Prescott, but has there ever been a quarterback that was given more that's done less than Dak Prescott? I mean, they get, Great running back, great wide receivers, great offensive line, and they don't win.
4: Well, they win. Uh, no, but <laughs> they just come don't on. get far in the playoff. They don't win at all. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, oh boy, that's a, that's 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 tough for me to just come out and say. Ah, has there been ever had a quarterback who's had more and done less? Uh, but uh, like, I, I
1: think he's, that he's got to be mentioned. I, he's got to be in the in the group of whoever. He's got to be in that group probably in there but
4: i i do feel like i like that prescott as a quarterback I, I don't i think i don't think he's the reason why they lose uh, you know they don't you know they that they falter so I, I just feel like that uh but,
1: uh, but isn't the I, quarterback I, supposed to be the guy that makes everybody better um that's what they say about tom brady that's what they said about drew Brees. it just doesn't seem to happen with dak
4: well it's let's see think of amari cooper he, he played well for a minute, and then, then he kind of fell off, and now he's got uh, C.D. Lamb, who I think is a, is a really, really good player. Really uh, their good. offensive line has always been good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think maybe uh, – it, it's kind of weird to say, but the lack of competition in division, maybe that does have something to do with it. I don't know. That sounds like a cop-out. Mm-hmm. But I, I just feel like that – I feel like Dak can uh, – I don't know if they could say get him to a Super Bowl. I don't I, I don't know. I th- I think just because um we're gonna run into a point in the NFC when that Tom Brady's gone and Aaron Rodgers is gonna be gone and then it's like then where where do you look and what what are you thinking in the NFC? Because the AFC is loaded. Uh you know, I would yeah. put Dak Prescott below you know outside of those two, I mean I would he's a top five quarterback in the NFC now. I mean that's just in the NFC. So I it's okay. uh All
5: right. Uh, that's tough that's tough I, larry hold to is a big fan. i just think here. he's done less <laughs>
1: with more i really do they can't they can't win big games with him they figure out a way they, they they figure out a way to lose it anyway um i like him but i'm not going i'm not banking the the season on him. I'm, that's that's well, just right i said but, the
4: same thing about tony romo maybe yeah. it's just an
1: organization thing yeah I don't know if Dak can parlay that into a booth job worth about 20 million a year, but what the I mean, who knows? Um, Larry Holder, you go 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 get those kids, man. Have a great weekend. Stay, stay a little bit cool in this uh tsunami of heat.
4: No kidding. You too, Jordy. All right, good talking. All right,
1: to you, buddy. Take care. All right, you take it easy, man. I w- always look forward to talking with you. Larry Holder of the Athletic. We uh let's see, the Astros take on the New York Yankees tonight in the Bronx. You can listen to all the exciting action live here on the game. First pitch is set for 610 Astros Yankees live here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I'll take our final time out of hour number one. We'll set up our number two after these very important messages on the Geordie Helper Show.
0: Jordy Holtberg has been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast booth. But did you know he was also a star on the dance floor? We just washed the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time, and you can hit my hair. John Travolta ain't got nothing on the blonde bomber. Now back to the man with all the moves. Jordy Holtberg and the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: All right, uh a new addition to the LSU Tiger baseball team, Tommy White coming aboard, batted 362 with a 27 homers and 74 RBIs in 2002. More on that story uh to come. But uh Jay Johnson hitting that power portal, baby. And uh um, Kim Mulkey gets the number one high school basketball recruit in the country to commit today. So the beat goes on our number 2 we'll go out to Omaha for the college world series, all things at Katie with George Faust. And we'll, uh, banter about some hypotheticals with George and James, our number two of the Jordan helper show straight ahead here on the game. Uh, one Oh three, seven Lafayette one Oh four, one Lake Charles. We are your home for the Houston Astros and my LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Hour number two coming up.
0: Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Our number two of two. Away we
1: go on this Friday. June 24th, the year 2022. LSU's landed a coveted first baseman in North Carolina State's Tommy White. As Jake Johnson goes to the portal to try and get LSU in the right direction, trying to get them where the Ole Miss Rebels, and the Oklahoma Sooners are as the two remaining teams still in the fight for a college World Series championship. And that gets underway um, in the best two out of three tomorrow, the Ole Miss Rebels and the Oklahoma Sooners. He covers the Ole Miss Rebels uh, for the Tupelo Journal. Our good friend Parrish Alford He's kind enough to join us now with his thoughts on this World Series. Big guy, how are you, man? Hey, I'm fine, Jordy. How are you? I am terrific. Uh, I am terrific, and I am just amazed um, at the Ole Miss Rebels, the the, the last team in, and they may be the last team out when it's all said and done. Who knows? But um, you've covered this team. What... What turned things around because Ole Miss started and they were like the number one team in the country and then whoosh, the bottom fell out and it's time to fire Mike Bianco and this, that, and the other. And was there a turning point to this season? Yeah, I think the turning point was when they answered some questions when they starting pitching. We knew that was going to be
6: uh, an issue with this team, but what we really thought was that the bad thing that we experienced returning would be enough to carry them, to win some games, and uh, it didn't really work out that way. But finally, I I think when they identified Dylan Delucia and Hunter Elliott as their top two starters, I think that really went a long way in bringing them some stability. Uh, Delucia was a guy who was going to have a bullpen role early in the season. They thought he would pitch, but he was not mentioned as a possibility for a weekend rotation spot. Hunter Elliott, a freshman, was a fringe candidate in that conversation. But uh, they just kind of rose their way through the ranks, and they've been really, really good. Delucia was, was really good yesterday in the back of five against
1: Arkansas. You're having a good time there. How long have you been in, uh, in Omaha? And I've been long enough that uh, when I
6: check out of the Candlewood Suites, I will have enough points for a free night. So <laughs> we got here. Uh, we got here last Wednesday, so it's
1: been a while. Ooh, that's a long. Time. That's a long time. You been to Barretts Barleycorn yet? <laughs> no, I've been to a few
6: places. Haven't been to that one. Uh, oh, you got a good... You know, I've got yeah, some yeah. favorites. Got some favorites uh, down in the the
1: old market area, you
6: know, Omaha is a, is a nice city. Oh yeah. Uh, really nice, uh, nice buildings, nice uh, facilities. Uh, you know, I, I would
5: like to say that there were things to draw me here other than this event, but really this is it.
1: I hear you. Um, uh, Mike Bianco, the longest tenured SEC <laughs> coach in any major men's team He dates back to 2001. How has he handled this roller coaster ride this year? Oh, he dropped. Okay. Um, we'll see if we get Paris. She's, uh, he's out there in the wind or something in Omaha, um, maybe at the zoo, whatever. Um, uh, but Ole Miss was the last team into the 64 school NCAA tournament field, they won five straight road games to reach Omaha. Um, the third seeded club won three more in four tries then shaking off a one-run loss to Arkansas on Wednesday, and they shut the Hogs out fewer than 24 hours later in an elimination game. And they're there. They're still standing, um, and they'll be taking on Oklahoma, who has yet to lose in Omaha. Um, More well-rested, but I I don't know. There's something about about this Ole Miss club. I I don't know what it is, uh, but they got something they got it um and just let me know if we get parish back um if and when he's back parish you back now big fella i'm back man how did you handle that adversity i just uh you know that's what i do you just got to talk until we get you back you got to talk how has bianco uh handled this roller coaster of a ride it's, which is about the only way i can describe it
6: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, the idea of Mike Bianco not being the coach at Ole Miss next year, that wasn't just smoke. Uh, There's been a lot of, uh, you know, pressure, pressure for him to get to Omaha. Of course, the fans want that. But then you've got an administration that that sees the, the money that they've put into facilities and into the program. I mean, they wanted to see a little bit more of that, too, and the fact that, Mississippi State had been what uh, three years in a row, won the championship last year. That was all part of this discussion as well. So there was no guarantee that, that Mike Bianco would have been back as old Miss Coach. In fact it was leaning the other direction had he not gone on a magical postseason run such as this one. So yeah. it's been uh, it's been interesting to watch. I mean, you know, he's won as a lot of coaches are who get really focused and dialed into what they're doing, they get, they get locked in and, and they can tone out the noise. But where they can't tone out the noise is when that reaches their family or reaches their players. These were things right. that uh, that Mike talked about uh, after the uh, Super Regional when they had won two games and it finally uh, clinched that Omaha spot.
1: Parrish Alford with us. Um, I know Mike, uh, played for skip Burtman. He coached for skip Burtman. I know they spoke and I, I remember skip talking about by finding the balance between staying busy and enjoying the experience being locked in and yet being at ease. That's kind of easier said than done. How has uh Ole miss stayed busy, but still enjoyed the experience? Well,
6: you know, Mike has tried to allow players and has allowed players time with their families. You know, all the families are here. Uh, they have a, a structured schedule. They know where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there. But you know, there's built-in time for them to enjoy the other people in their lives, go out and yeah. get a steak, something like that. So he's kind of helped them achieve some balance like that. But
1: uh, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. No. No, not at all. Um, what, kind of, uh, what kind of ball club is Oklahoma? Man, they, they've gone through this thing unscathed. They've got a lot of rest. Their pitching staff ought to be in tow. What, what, uh, and they're trying to do what the, the women did on the softball side, and that's when the whole darn thing. Uh, you've seen Oklahoma. What do you think? Well, I think they're a
6: team that's going to really put pressure on Ole Miss on the base pass. Uh, the Rebels were good defensively. Uh, against Arkansas in that bracket final, have been good most of this uh, CWS. They've got a, an elite catcher and uh, Hayden Dunhurst, and they're going to really have to work hard to control that run game, and that's going to be everybody. Pitchers going to have to hold those guys close to first base when they get on. Uh, Oklahoma is fourth in the country in stolen bases. They've got three guys with over 20 stolen bases Uh, individually. So they they like to run, they'll bunt, they'll put pressure on you that way. And it's going to be a challenge to control that run game.
1: All right, Parrish. Um, Has have have a lot more Ole Miss fans decided to make the trek up or has it been packed for all the games now that you're in the world series and you know, it's going to be Saturday, Sunday at, at the worst Monday. um, I would imagine Oxford might be a, uh, an empty village right now. Well, I think they're getting here. Yesterday
6: was was an interesting day from a fan perspective because a lot of teams had already made their way out.
5: Yeah,
6: uh, it was that it was that single game, uh, and a lot of Ole Miss fans were in transit, they just weren't uh, weren't here yet for yesterday's okay. game, or were waiting to see how that game went. But uh, now they've got a day to use this as a you know as for travel, and uh, I think you'll see. Uh, uh, you'll see a lot of uh, Ole Miss uh, red and blue uh, yeah. there tomorrow night.
1: Uh, Mississippi State won it all a year ago. I think that put a lot of pressure on Mike Bianco and the Ole Miss Rebels. If they did it, why aren't we doing it? If Ole Miss were fortunate enough to pull this thing off and win two games, what, where would that rank? What, what would that mean to Ole Miss and its uh, fans and to the, the athletic department in general?
6: Oh, it would be phenomenal um, because they've they felt like they've had a championship level baseball program for a long time, built by Mike Bianco, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they felt like they've had teams that that could have won it and just couldn't get to Omaha. Didn't have the chance really to to get through the bracket and, and reach that championship round one time uh, here with uh, Mike back in 2014. You know, and they finished. Uh, fourth or got to the final four that year got to the semifinals went two and two so the two times they've been here they've made a pretty deep run but it would be uh, an amazing accomplishment uh, for Ole Miss fans no doubt
1: I gotta believe LSU fans are all pulling for Ole Miss I gotta believe that it, it, and and the SEC realistically can say um uh, it's an all SEC final they can say that right uh, you know, that, uh,
6: there have been some jokes made about that, though, but the bottom line is, look, there were four SEC teams here. Yeah. Tennessee was almost here. That would have been five. You, you throw in OU and Texas in a few years, that's, that's seven out of eight. I mean, it's not, it's seven, not that a ain't bad big boy. That one day. The whole field could be an entire SEC tournament.
1: That is not bad at all. Well, uh, going joy, your one last night of, uh, of not having to do too, too much, but, uh, I'm pulling for the Rebs, man. Good luck. I hope you guys win the whole darn thing uh, and, and have some fun doing it. So, so uh, we'll be watching, man. Good luck, Parish. Thank you so much, buddy. Take care of yourself. Jordy. You have a good evening. All right, buddy. Here you go. Parish. offered the Tupelo daily journal. Um, Hottie toddy. Huh? I don't pull for other teams, but you know what? I, I want Ole Miss to win this thing. I like Mike Bianco. He's a friend. Um, and, and I, I like it. I hope he wins it. All right, the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free, it's simple, so go sign up today. We're rolling along on this Friday, June 24th, getting ready for the weekend when we return. Fridays with Faust, here on the Jordy Heldberg Show, on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana.
0: There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media. KLFY sports director George Faust.
3: And we'll never be royal. Royal.
0: It's time for Fridays with Faust. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Doing his live shot from Omaha Nebraska following his old Miss hotty tidy rebels George Faust uh, with us are you are you were en route to Omaha George how are you man
5: I, I'm good but I wish I was en route to Omaha <laughs> man that would have been that'd have been so I might I, I was I actually uh had started I haven't finished it yet I was looking up uh, tickets to get to Omaha because they don't play the Lamar and I'm off Saturday, Sunday, and they're going to win it Woo! in two. So, it'll, oh, Steve. you know, we'll be back. We'll, I'll be back at work Monday afternoon. No, no problem.
0: Oh, Steve, I, I don't
1: <laughs> see why you shouldn't. Come on. There'll be plenty yeah. of tickets available. Oh, you can get a press yeah. pass. What the heck?
5: Yeah, well, I think I, I think I missed that opportunity. I, I, I should have uh, I should have put in earlier for the for the media credentials But
1: George. We can yeah. help you out, George. Sure, yeah. don't worry about that, big
5: guy. I I, I, I you got, got a guy
1: that has a guy that has a guy. We can do
5: that. Yeah, look, y'all, look those LSU Tiger fans. Man, they were all over me last week because. Uh, you know, I was talking about it all the time. So all my buddies were, were texting me. Uh, one, of my, one of my buddies just texted me it, it just the picture of the Intimidator in right field at, at Alec Box Stadium. <laughs> I said, well, hopefully they have Rebels? to change and that Intimidator
1: one of these days. And yeah, it's been a while since they had another national championship. So <laughs> hopefully they'll add on to that thing somehow, some way. Uh, what's yeah. going on in Acadiana, man? what's uh, how, how the Cajuns? Are they... Are they putting the work in football-wise to get ready for a really good season?
5: You know, they're they're in the process. Obviously, it's it's kind of a dead time with college college sports. Actually, what I'm working on right this very second as we talk, I'm already at the station. I'm working. uh, And I am actually looking. It's so crazy. I'm looking at Jari Evans. Uh, from back when we interviewed him at the Super Bowl, I was just looking for some some footage because obviously this weekend is the Hall of Fame productions right. and and right. uh, so he's going in, uh, Tony Robichaud is going in, but I was uh, posthumously obviously, but uh, I'm I'm looking at uh, these old clips of myself about thirty pounds lighter uh, <laughs> uh, doing stand ups in in on south beach and uh it's kind of it's actually <laughs> kind of funny and, and uh well looking at J- jari evans i i, I just I, I was just just literally just asking him about his name and how he pronounces it and things like that because you know he was a young guy man jari yes. evans back in the yes. day you know and like like he was bloomberg state or whatever it was where yeah. he came from so uh, but the because of the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, I'm trying to right. find some uh, some old footage of him. So. Don't feel uh, don't <laughs> feel
1: bad about what you look like then and what you look like now. Just imagine what Jari looks like now. It's all I'm going to say. It's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um,
5: I, I, I actually gonna... don't look all that different. It's of course you don't. You look it, great. a of, you put a, put a couple of uh, years on the on the on the tires. You know.
1: <laughs> you got the good hair gel working. You're good. You are good, man. You're good. Oh, and you know what? Wow. It always aggravates me because, and 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 look, you mentioned the late great Tony Robichaux. Never understood why that man wasn't in that Hall of Fame way earlier, and that's why I pushed and pushed like crazy. If you're going to name the court after Dale Brown, do it now. Don't don't wait ten years. He's not going to be here. Do it now so he right. can enjoy it. I, I've never understood that.
5: Yeah, no, I, I don't get that, especially if it's it, – it, it, we're not on the fence about that, right? I mean, yeah. Dale Brown court needs to – it needs to have – right, you're exactly right. I mean, they, they can enjoy it. Uh, I, one of my favorite stories about Ole Miss LSU, Dale Brown announced that his, he, he was retiring or whatever. Rob Evans was the head basketball coach yep. at Old Miss, and, yep. and LSU comes to the Tad Smith Coliseum. Back then, it was they called it the Tad Pad. The Tad and, Pad, uh, right. I guess yeah. be, be, because Dale Brown was making his rounds all across the SEC, his farewell tour, uh, Rob, <laughs> Rob, Rob Evans brings out the uh, – this big rocking chair <laughs> <laughs> and sticks it on the court for him, and they get, kind of did a pregame ceremony for Dale Brown. It, it was it, it was pretty cool because you know growing up, I pulled for LSU basketball. I mean that that was Nikita Wilson, all those guys, you know, all that that team, and all that. I Just so I I had a, a fondness for you know Ricky Blanton and those guys, and yeah. you know, and, and just to be able to be at that moment. To watch a few Brown get a get a get a rocking chair. It was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah,
1: if you had, if you had been just a little older, you would have seen the greatest I mean, generation of LSU basketball. Uh, I even played I the, in the Tad Pad. I know, man.
5: I missed
1: it. I played in the Tad Pad. Believe it or not, and Ole Miss was always good. They, Bob yeah, Welick was yeah. coaching them. They were good, man.
5: They were good. You, you they know were what? Tough. One of the things that uh, uh, drew me to Ole Miss uh, was, besides the journalism program, was I was sitting at home studying for a history test at at Rummel. Mr. Altabello had had our history test scheduled on the same night that – not scheduled, but the next day. Scheduled for uh, that next day, and and Ole Miss was playing LSU. You actually did the broadcast, I think. Ole Miss, LSU, Gerald Glass, and Chris Jackson. Chris Jackson Jackson went nuts. crazy. Yes. Yeah. 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 They I was watching nuts. that game on TV that night, and, and I I st- I was in between studying for my history test. You just ch- no, no. to-
1: You just wanted to keep those powder blue colors in your wardrobe. <laughs> that's why you went to Ole Miss because you were a Rumble Raider. It matched with the eyes,
5: man. It's, yes. Uh, you know. here's,
1: here's my just best Rumble Raider fourth story. Fourth
5: grade gave me a, gave me detention because I wore a blue sweatshirt instead of the school issued red sweatshirt at St. Clement of Rome, and she said. Just because it goes with your eyes doesn't mean you can wear it. I was like, okay, sister. <laughs> Sorry. I'm fourth grade, man. Never forget it. Anyway.
1: Um, <laughs> New Orleans, back in the day, the Catholic League, they recruited like crazy. I'll never forget. I was in the uh, seventh grade. And um, back then in New Orleans, you went to the, your high school in the eighth grade. That's how it kind of worked. Right. Um, yep. So I'm getting recruited left and right. And they're the uh, Jim Robarts, mate, God bless, great coach. He's the head coach yep. at Rummel. And he invites me to his office. So my dad and I go there and Jim starts his spiel about, yeah, you know, we think you're a good player and, you know, we'll, we'll start you off easy. And by the time, probably, you know, by the time you're a senior, you'll, you'll have a great chance to start on the varsity. And, uh, Uh. you know, I, I, I left and I looked at my dad and I said, Senior year, Senior, yeah. Year. I ain't going to that place. So, so I go to De La Salle. I start as a freshman on the varsity. We go play at Rumble. We beat them, and we go shake hands after the game. And he goes, "I think I made a big mistake on you." And I went, "Yep." For the next four years, you did. And I walked. I was a cocky <laughs> little son of a gun. And I said, "Yeah, for four years, you made a mistake." Um. Anyway, Put that's it my Rumble every story. Time you so, play, no. um, golly, um. <laughs> High school football. Um, yeah. We talked about this before. Is there any primetime time player uh, coming up, or is it you know is there a an Arch Manning? Is there an Eli Holstein? Is there a <laughs> Walker Howard? Is there somebody like that in the in, waiting in the woodworks?
5: You know, th- there's a, there's a bunch uh, of very talented kids. Not, and you catch me in the off season here, and I haven't even kind of looked at stuff. I know. You I'm know, sorry. There's a, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. I, I, I've been doing it long enough to figure out the, that there's, there's always going to be some talented guys. I don't know if there's any uh, that are going to catch, you know, national eyes like that. I mean, even, uh-huh. you know, last year at Acadiana High, they had, they had a kid, you know, like the Latarence Welsh and the Walter Bob. Those guys, right. everybody kind of right. knew about. You know, uh, I, 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 as I'm sitting here, I know I've talked to Coach Matt McCullough at Acadiana a few times. Uh, they they have some young talent at Acadiana They're excited about. Northside's um, uh, I, Northside's excited about the addition of Jacardi Carter to their staff and, and what he's going to bring. And the the obviously Jacardi had a lot to do with LCA's four state championships in a row. And and I got one for you, the head coach. So I, yeah, I go got there. one
1: for you, Jawan Johnson. He's a quarterback. But at Lafayette Christian, but um yeah, everybody thinks he's going to be a defensive back. And I saw something somewhere. They had three guys that uh, visited Alabama from Lafayette Christian. Uh, I I, th- yeah. I don't know if all three committed to to Nick Saban or not. But uh, so Lafayette Christian must be look,
5: stockpiled again. No, well, look, dude, they, they, that's that's they, look. They're going to need to be that. Look, that, LCA obviously Trev Falk is the is the guy running the show there. Uh, right now, and and he's always had a hand in, in what's going on with the knights, and and they're 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 always going to be good. It seems like they jump up now. They jump up from playing in two a uh, that now they'll be playing four a. They're in a district. This listen to this district, Jordy, STM. Okay. They lose Karen Crow in that district, but Karen Crow goes to five a. But they've got STM, Turlings, LCA. Uh, Look, let me tell you, there's a kid at Turlings that you might want to keep your eye on, too. Uh, he's, a, he's a young guy. He's played against my son a lot. Uh, that's why I know a whole lot about him and how good he is. Uh, he laid my son out in eighth grade. I watched it. And I was like, <laughs> holy cow, that dude's big. Uh, uh, Jack uh, <laughs> Jack Par- Par- Parler. Or Par- I forget his last name, but his first name is Jack. He's gonna He's going to challenge Preston Welsh. For some starting time for D- Dane Chipanche, uh, so for some playing time that is at Turlings, they're, 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 they've got a uh, they've got a uh, uh, a good good crew group coming up there at Turling. So uh, that with STM right. and uh, Turlings and LCA and uh, Northside's in there, Northside's hoping to uh, make some noise uh, this year because of their their ability uh, to to acquire Jacardi and change the kind of culture. That's uh, that's been a little lackadaisical for Coach John Simmons. I, I had a chance to talk to him a couple weeks ago as well. They 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 are excited. They're young, but they've got they've got people showing up. They've got they, there's a new accountability with the Vikings. So uh, yeah. so that, that district is going to be got brutal. One
1: I I got another one for you. I don't want to play ascension episcopal if the game's on the line and a field goal's going to win it because apparently <laughs> they got a kicker named Peyton Woodring uh all he did was commit to georgia what's up with that
5: yeah yeah we that's definitely a story in the making right so uh ascension episcopal they got a new co- new coach but uh there they'll be <laughs> if they if it comes down to a field goal you you might be in trouble and that's a that's a good 2 A program that's always uh competitive and and uh, they play in that district with Catholic High, in New Iberia. They're usually, Catholic High and Ascension are battling it out for that district championship there. And uh, forgive me if I forget somebody else over there in that in that I uh, think is 7-2A. Uh, but that 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 is definitely one of those one of those guys you'll you'll watch all year long as uh, the the uh, the season starts to wear on. And right now it's just workouts, a lot of workouts and things of that nature. So uh, yeah. It's it's going to be fun to watch, fun all season. All
1: right, um, I hope you get uh, man. Look, get your butt on a plane and get to Omaha and rock the <laughs> royal blue and pull on your alma mater, baby. It doesn't happen all the time. Let's go. I know
5: it. I know. I know. I, I actually texted one of my buddies uh, that I went to school with. He he was a pitcher at for Ole Miss. He played. He's number forty four. And I, I texted him and I said, "I said, hey man, 44 is rocking it right now, dude." He texted me back. He goes, "I said, are you going?" He's like, "I'm not going to get to." He has a son that plays travel ball as well, so it's, yeah. they're kind of all over too. So, uh, yeah, he, he, he. Uh, it's funny because you know, life happens, even though you're. That's right. You're. Uh, you always want to. You want to. You're be maturing there, too.
1: George. You're maturing. Family always comes first. Always.
5: Uh, yeah, I, I, it does happen. It does happen. Even for even for uh, young at heart guys like me.
1: Yeah. Now, if Ole Miss ever got there in football, <laughs> you'd have to go. But that ain't happening. Oh, well,
5: sorry. <laughs> oh, come on now. Hey, hey. Look, <laughs> hey. Sugar Bowl, man. I was I was supposed to go to the Sugar Bowl this year, but uh, yeah. I. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever. Y'all need a quarterback. That's all I'm going to say. We'll see, we'll see. George, yeah. good. I, I'm really <laughs> pulling for Ole Miss. I really am. I hope they win the whole darn thing. Uh, so good luck. Have fun. I won't call you during the game. I promise.
5: <laughs> you can text me. If all my buddies do. <laughs> They're all. Thanks like, for the time.
1: Have a great it? weekend, buddy. Good luck.
5: H- hottie totty, hottie totty.
1: Oh gosh, Almighty George Faust, Goodbye.
0: Bye. <laughs> Tune in next week to Jordy Holtberg for Fridays with Faust. Here on oh, The Game, 1037 and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 24th, 1947. Future Baseball Hall of Fame infielder Jackie Robinson steals home plate for the first of 19 times in his career as the Brooklyn Dodgers beat the Pittsburgh Pirates 4-2. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: And we welcome you back. Friday, it's that time of the day, that day of the week um that I always have fun and always enjoy because I get James Mesh back in the game studios and I bring in my buddy from new and where he is. He's always traveling out and about doing good deeds. uh George Becknell. George, by George. Where is George?
3: What's up, Jordy? Uh, George is in Las Vegas this week. <laughs> this, this, this is not a good deeds trip. It's a personal trip. So I'm just having a good time.
1: Oh, living living the life. Why not? Why I'll be in Baton
3: Rouge next Friday.
1: You work hard. You deserve there. it. Okay. Well, good. Did you uh, watch the NBA draft last night?
3: Of course. I had to tune in to see what my Pelicans was going to okay. do. And then I had to make fun of the New York Knicks, as I always do. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Man. so I, 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 I tuned in a little bit. What about you? I know you did.
1: I did. Uh, I liked it. I like Dyson Daniels. I think um, uh, EJ uh, Liddell from Ohio State, it might be the steal of the draft, in my in my opinion. Um, I, I think the Pels got better. What do you think?
3: I definitely think the Pels got better. You know, I'm excited about this Dyson Daniels guy. Uh, I think he's the guy who, who can come in and play the wing, come off the bench, and, and really give us some good points off the bench because that's – if anything, I felt like the Pelicans missed was a guy who could come off the bench with that second unit and you throw him the basketball and go get a bucket. Okay. And, I, and those guys are so important. I think Dyson Daniels is that kind of guy. I don't think he'll start. I think Herb Jones will maintain on the oh, wing, yeah, yeah. And, and play defense and do all the things he's always done. But the second unit with Dyson Daniels, Jackson Hayes and all these guys, they'll be able to give you some good production to Jose Alvarado. and And that's where... The good teams and the great teams are separated. When you do go to the bench, and you can and, and you can still get production, you can still get buckets, and I feel like the Pelicans got better by that. So All I'm right. excited.
1: James Mesh is a big hoop-nick. Uh James, what did you think of the Pel's and their draft last night?
7: It felt pretty good. I uh, I do like the the Dyson Daniels pick. Naturally, whenever you don't watch every single form of basketball, you kind of go look at the players' highlights and. Right. I noticed they, he, they never miss, do they? No, of course, of course not. They never, <laughs> they never miss. But I, I notice he has a trend. He ha- he has like a certain shot that he takes, kind of like that—you jump in the air, kind of double clutch, and just one arm toss it into the hoop. Whenever you're about five feet, little little tiny hook shot. I've noticed that's kind of his his uh, go-to right. shot.
1: Yeah. I know um, one person who's going to be extremely busy this off season. That is Fred Vincent, who is the Pelicans' shooting coach. Um, and he's going to have to work with a bunch of people uh, to, uh, because, look, everybody talks about defense, and that's great. you got to have defense. Absolutely. But I have found out in that league with those players, you can't stop them. You can only hope to affect them a little bit. Uh, you can't stop a Steph Curry. You can't stop a LeBron James. You can't stop a Giannis. You can't stop a Luka. They're too good. So defense is – you better be able to match him on the offensive end of the court. So I'm going to ask this question. Fill in the blank. The NBA Rookie of the Year next year will be blank.
3: I'm going to go with Jabari Smith because Jabari Smith is going to be the best player on a terrible team, and he's going to accumulate a lot of statistics so i'm going with jabari smith for the the houston rockets not just because his dad played with lsu and was one of my favorite teams but i feel like the guy has a great skill set and again there's nobody else on this team so he's gonna he's gonna be a baller
1: trivia who was jabari smith's uh forward running mate back at lsu
3: brian bashera
1: oh no 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 who was the big dude who was the guy who was the man with Jabbar. Oh, Thank you very much. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah,
3: <laughs> James, swim, absolutely.
1: James Mesh, the
7: NBA Rookie of the Year, will be blank. I feel like you have to go with Paulo Banchero almost. I mean, he, he rose up last minute. He He's always been in the top three when it came to potential picks. I feel like the, the Duke star could be a really good choice.
1: Okay, I'm going to go contrarian to both of you. And I'm going to go with Detroit basketball. I'm going with Jaden Ivey. I think he's the most talented. I think he's the most explosive. He's got the ball in his hand and he can do some things. And he reminds me a lot of John Morant, but he's bigger and stronger. Uh, I'm going to go with Jaden Ivey. Uh, so we'll okay. we will see. Um, the word out today is that Alvin Kamara is expected to be suspended a minimum of six games minimum, and maybe more, maybe eight games. George, your thoughts?
3: I mean, that's to be expected. I mean, you know, the NFL and Roger Goodell, and you know, as of late, has taken this personal conduct policy very, very seriously. Um, I don't think he should be suspended because he hadn't been convicted of anything, but however, based on what the NFL trends are, they
1: got the video, a, they got hey, the video.
3: Anyway, <laughs> Hey, if he wouldn't convicted, I don't think he should be suspended. However, the NFL consistent with what they've been doing. He's going to get these games. He two piece that guy with a biscuit. It was bad. So, and I would be more concerned about the Saints offense had the Saints not gone out and got Jameis Winston, all kind of weapons. So, don't get me wrong. It's a big blow. And but it was expected.
1: Yeah. Uh, James Mesh, six games minimum. Um, man. Wouldn't it behoove the Saints if they knew that now, and it was the first six games of the season, and then they could plan accordingly?
7: Oh, it'd make it so much easier. But I'm since when does Roger Goodell be like, oh, yeah. l- let me help you out? But I feel yeah. like a, I, I know I know we the Saints have not signed any new running backs, right? But right. I do like the potential of trading for one. It's one n- near George in Las Vegas, Kenyon Drake. Ooh. He's going to be a free Ooh. agent in twenty 20-
1: Alabama Crimson Ooh. Tide. He was. He
7: was. Ooh, yes, he's he. Good. He he was a good running back. He his he's going to be a free agent in twenty twenty three. The Raiders drafted two running backs in this last draft. Oh, so good point. And, and it and usually when it comes to trades, when you trade players, you you go between conferences. So going from AFC to NFC, it just feels like yeah. it, it just makes Maybe. a lot of sense.
1: Y'all, y'all carry Man. the show for the next five minutes. I'm going to call Mickey Loomis and get him on the hotline and uh, uh, plant that seed in his mind. Y'all mind doing that? Could y'all do that for me? We, we could do that, especially um, with James today. James uh, ate his weedies, bro. He's, like, he's he was, on fire today. Um, he was, he's he's right, ready. Fill in the blank. The quarterback in the NFL under the most pressure this year is who, George?
3: I think it's Jameis. Really? I think it's Jameis. You know, because the, he signed a two year contract. Everybody thought the Saints was gonna go in a different direction. Everybody's been whispering. Then the Saints went out and got him all kind of weapons. And then okay. you got an elite defense. You know, I would say Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers receiving core is worse than it was a year ago. Yeah. So I think it's gotta be a guy like Jameis, you know, you, you gotta get it done or else you're But not nobody here. Ex-
1: nobody expects the Saints to be very good. So anything above that is kind of gravy. So I don't think, I don't think people expect Jameis to do something. But there's other quarterbacks out there that, well, that they're expected. In, in that case,
3: yeah, See what I mean. In that case, I'm gonna say a guy like Josh Allen. That's okay. I feel like I feel like I feel like I feel like the, feel like the Buffalo Bills have been on the brink for like two or three years now, and they kind of can't go, get over the hump. You know, they were within a yeah. overtime rule.
1: They're the favorites to win it all. They're supposed to be the Super Bowl champs. If they don't, you know who the finger's going to be pointed at is it's that gonna Josh, be Josh Allen. Allen. So because that's, he
3: has everything that he needs to yeah. be successful. And I think the guy's a good young quarterback. I don't think he's, well, fair, he's real good. But, you know, pressure's on
1: him. I think he's real good. Um, James, which NFL quarterback does less with more? In other words, they got all the talent in the world around him. But he just can't get it done, James. Who do you think?
7: Um, I'm I'm trying to, I'm I'm scanning over the teams real quick. Less with more. You yeah. you almost feel like you could go with Arizona in a way. I know I know you were talking about Dak earlier. I feel I've like maybe I, was, may, I feel like maybe That's Kyler, since they they always start off well and he's got good weapons. They reload. They got Marquise Brown, but we haven't seen them take that step and continue the good start that they have in the second half of the season.
1: I agree with that one. I think Dak Prescott's one. I got another one for you. What about Kirk Kirk
3: Cousins at Minnesota? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He got some weapons now. Absolutely. He's got some of the best weapons in the league. You talk about Justin Jefferson. You talk about uh, Adam Thielen. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is is like a top three running back in the NFL. I don't care what anybody says. You know, Kirk Cousins has been on borrowed time since he's been drafted. I, I don't understand how this guys throw up a job. Like, he can't um, win anything.
1: All right. Um, the MVP of Major League Baseball this year is James who?
7: Oh, you, you kind of have to lean towards Aaron Judge. Yeah, he's, boy. He's killing it with that oh, batting hell? average, and, he, and he's leading the league in home runs by a large margin. Thus a more.
1: large margin, yes. Um, poor Shohei Otani, right? He he throws. He he throws and hits home runs. They can't win. They don't win. What's up with them?
7: And and they also have Mike Trout. And yes, and they they still can't. Two best
1: players. Two of the best players in baseball, and they can't win for trying. And Otani does everything. I don't get it. Something's amiss. Well, he can only
3: pitch every fifth day, Jordan. That's that's the miss. Yeah, but then he takes a bat and hits (laughs) home runs. Yeah. yeah. But 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 the other four days they don't have good pitching. Yeah. That's the problem.
1: That that's true. That's true.
3: Um I don't follow hockey
1: worth a man in the moon but I know Colorado, the Avalanche uh-huh. lead the Tampa Bay Lightning 3 games to 1. Sure. Uh James, do do the Avalanche close it out tonight?
7: I think they do. I think the Lightning's last good chance they had to keep this a series was game 4 and they scored early and even though it was a controversial call at the end, you you feel like that, the life is almost out of them.
1: look that happens uh, all
7: the time. No.
1: They're, they're always the guys are coming on the ice off the ice. I mean that, that had to me, and I don't know much about hockey, but I've seen a little bit that happens all the time when you have these line changes and people are on the ice they're coming on it's like kelter skelter, but I, that didn't have any impact on the play. Uh, in my opinion, but w- what the heck do I know? George, uh, Avalanche or Lightning? Who you got?
3: Jordy, I got the Lightning in Game Ooh. Five because look, let's 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 look at this whole series. You know, the Lightning really only lost Game Two. Game One was an overtime game that they lost. Game Four was an overtime game that they lost. You know, they won Game Three, and these are the two-time defending champions. Look, they're going to make this interesting. They're going to win to game five. Right. They may push this to seven because they only got beat really in one game.
1: Now, you see, my dad, may rest in peace, would agree with you. You know why? He said, son, they don't want these things to end. They want money. They want it to go seven yeah. games so they can draw it's, more advertising at least revenue. Six. six minimum. So six I'll give min- me the lightning
3: to game five.
1: By the way, since you're out there in Viva Las Vegas, uh, have you seen the new stadium
3: from afar? I so. So Jordan, is so I had mixed emotions because you know me, I'm an NFL historian. I yeah. love new stadiums, but I had a guy's trip planned because the team that opened up that stadium were the New Orleans Saints in 2020. I and I remember. was supposed to be there. Yeah. And I was and I felt bad that I didn't get a chance to be there because of COVID. <laughs> but but yeah. I passed right in front of it. It's it's immaculate. I can't wait to get in there. Wow. Uh isn't LSU supposed to be playing there? Pretty soon, and I'm guess what, Jordan? Look, me and you, look, me and you will be there. Okay. You're coming with me. I don't care what you say. It's a, it, is, you it, is it all black? The stadium, all black it's on the all outside. All black. Okay. I'll take you a picture when we get off there. Send me a it's picture of that black. thing. Send me yeah, a pic. It's, all right. It's, um, it's, it's, it's the best looking stadium I've ever seen in person. I'll be darned with the the,
1: the owner with the worst haircut, and and I can't talk <laughs> about hair, but man, that haircut. uh with Jordan.
3: Wow. You and I can't talk about hair. My hair is long yeah, gone. Yeah,
1: James can talk about hair and all. Um, what else, James? What else we got?
5: Mm.
7: I know that. I know the travelers is going on right now. I, I, is, I uh, see. Is I see. Rory I see. still
1: in the lead. I haven't even looked. He's actually yeah, he's tied calling.
7: for third now. He's
1: tied for third. Typical Rory. <laughs> he,
7: he's three that. behind. Uh, at minus twelve.
1: Okay. This. Okay. Here's or one. Twelve under. The British Open's coming up in a couple of weeks. Does uh, does Tiger make the cut at St. Andrews?
3: I'm never betting against Tiger making the cut. He's not going to win, but he's going to make
7: the cut. All right. James? I'll take Tiger to make the cut.
1: I think Tiger makes the cut. I think Tiger finishes in the top five. I'm going out Ooh. on a limb. That's, That's his bold. favorite oh. horse. Did you see the That's picture bold. of him? did you see the picture he's always wearing long pants on the tour so we never see but he was in shorts did you see how frail his lower leg was on the right side did you all see that picture you can't work out i guess I mean, yeah it looked like a prosthetic leg Wait, I, I couldn't I, believe it couldn't believe it anyway I, all right think... we're out of time uh send me a picture behave or what, what, what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas until you call me later and tell me all about it. Thank you, George. Yes, sir, Take care, buddy. we <laughs> will right, we'll be back to wrap it all up after this final timeout, the Jordy Hultberg show Vegas, man, what a life um, here on the game. One Oh three, seven Lafayette one Oh four, one Lake Charles. We are your home for the LSU Tigers. We're your home for the Houston Astros. We go to Vegas. We go to Omaha and uh, yeah, we're here. We're here. And we'll be back after this final time.
0: You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Johnson throws. Boutte's got it wide open at the 10. Far side. He's in for the score. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up. at the goner. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. All
1: right, we're winding it down. Special thanks to our guest today, Chris Connor on the NBA Draft and the Pelicans, Larry Holder on the Saints, Parrish Alford, Ole Miss, Oklahoma in the College World Series, George Faust and George Becknell and my partner, James Mesh. If today is your birthday, June 24th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Hope you have some cake, have some ice cream, have some fun you share your day with. Uh, some say the greatest soccer player. I, I don't know about that. Lionel Messi is 35 years old today. And uh, former NBA Duker uh, played with the Pels, for, had a cup of coffee in New Orleans. J.J. Reddick is uh, 38 years old today. I hope everybody has a great rest of your Friday and even better weekend. Come on back Monday, same time, 2 to 4. Same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. James, thank you for all you do. Thanks to our partners that make it possible. So until Monday, stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy, my friends. Let's be kind to one another and uh, be happy. Be happy. Life's too short. Have a great one. Take care, everybody.